Welcome into the NHL at the Rink podcast. Dan Rosen here, Sean Rourke there, somewhere out there. Home, Sean, I assume. You better be, as you always are at this point. How you doing? How are you guys holding up? We're holding up good. I'm, I'm going to be ready to be a professional chef when this is all over. So we're taking lots of walks away from a lot of people to counteract all the time being spent in the kitchen. You were pretty close to being a professional chef before all this, though. I mean, I got to give you credit. You you, uh, you talk a big game. I haven't had any of it, but I've heard all about it. Uh, you talk a big game. All right, well, hey, we've been trying some new stuff uh, and seeing where it goes. You have nothing but time, and so we just uh, we're experimenting a little and, and hoping, you know, I think everybody's hoping that I get out of the house sooner rather than later. <laughs> yeah, we're doing the same thing. you got to get out. you got to get moving a little bit, be outside. The weather's starting to change here in North Jersey, so that is all good. There's some positive stuff going on, though, right, Sean? I mean, you're seeing it in the ho- – we see it in the hockey world almost on a daily basis now. The other day I wrote a story, Artemi Panarin, Semyon Varlamov, Sergei Bobrovsky, they all helped arrange for the purchase of N95 masks to benefit hospitals in their respective markets. This is – Another one of those positive stories you're seeing in the hockey world, players stepping up to do things. Another one, Thomas Grice in an Instagram post told people that if they need supplies or they need food, message him and the Grice family will share what they have to share. Yeah, no, it's great. And that's that's society, right? And, and I was going to say that's the American society, but it's both, uh, you know, both countries that we play in America and Canada, you know, and, and it goes beyond hockey players. I, I think hockey players are a microcosm of society as, as a whole. You know, everybody wants to help. And some people are better positioned to help than others, but I think everybody's trying to do their part, you know, whether it's somebody making a few masks that they can, you know, give to their neighbors or, you know, the Grice is doing what they're doing, a Panarin doing what he's doing. The other one, you know, and it's going on right now. And, and Emily Benjamin, one of our colleagues did a, a really good story on this. Uh, I, I believe it was last week, Haley Wickenheiser, the hall of famer. She's, she's in a residency right now um, to be a doctor, emergency room doctor in Canada. And, and she put out word yesterday that, you know, they needed all kinds of PPE. And if anybody had gloves or masks or whatever, you know, she would come and pick them up and she's been, she's just been flooded with, with offers. So, you know, and Emily had written a, a great story about how Haley's residency is basically ending now because everybody's being forced into the front lines of this battle. And, you know, she's around a lot of people that have been in it longer than she has. And it, it you know, good on Haley and, and what a sobering story it was. But uh, I, I, I think you're seeing it everywhere. Everybody just wants to help. I think that's the overwhelming genesis of all of this yeah you know what i think is also great i mean social media helps this uh, tremendously obviously but none of these athletes that we're talking about here are seeking publicity to do it right i mean they're not out there themselves they're not promoting themselves in doing this this is all for the greater good uh, in fact, as I was reporting the story with Panarin, Varlamov, and Bobrovsky, it was like, you're not getting them to talk about this because they don't want any publicity that they've done it. They just want to go and do the right thing. And that's what I think we're seeing a lot of. Yeah, I think I think when you feel helpless, you need hope. And, and that's what these people are providing. I, the hope of their days and the, and the fabric of our society, overcoming whatever it, is bad in society and and all of the things you know we're almost the same age i'm a little bit older but you're a lot older come on 
all of the <laughs> things that we've gone through. I know if I have to hear one more time about you being in high school when I covered my first Stanley Cup. Exactly. I, I don't See? I don't want to hear that anymore. All, You'll keep all hearing it. Things, all <laughs> the things that we've lived through, you know, that, that have torn the fabric of our society, it's always been mended. And, and it's mended because of the hope that there's a better tomorrow. And, and that's what these people in our sport and outside our sport are providing. And, and it's so well said what you just said. And, and it, and it holds true with another player in the league for a completely different reason, right? Robin Lehner recently put out there on social media that he's now celebrating two years of sobriety of, of going to seek help. And as he said, becoming a better person and having the best two years of his life. So we have to congratulate Robin Lehner on, on an incredible accomplishment for him, and, and we continue to root for him, too. That's another positive story in what is a really negative time in our society. Yeah, no, bless him and, and everybody that's fighting that struggle. Look, this is a really hard time mentally. You know, you can get bogged down in all the negativity and, and everything else that's going on. So, you know, it's hard for anybody that has any kind of struggle like that. So, you know... That's great for Robin, and and he's one of my favorite people in the league. I will always root for him. Um, he's a goalie, and, and they're always my favorite people. He's a metalhead, and they're always my favorite people. So he's kind of <laughs> got the he's kind of got the trifecta going there. So you know, uh, I'm glad he's kind of found his way, and and he's so comfortable in finding his way that he's he's leading other people to find their way. I think that's the hardest thing. You know, sometimes you, you figure these things out and you're still uh, weighed down with them or embarrassed by them. And, and it's just yours and you don't want to share it with anybody. He, he's been so open and honest about his struggles that it inspires other people to, to confront their own struggles. I almost stood up on, you know, at my desk and applauded for him. He couldn't see me or hear me when I saw that, you know, it's two years uh, for him. So that's great for him. A couple other news stories going on around the league before we get to our first, our only interview uh, today, which is a terrific interview. And we cannot wait to play it for you. Ryan O'Reilly joined the two of us, chatted with him about a number of different things going on in his life. So that one, the Stanley Cup champion from the St. Louis Blues, Ryan O'Reilly, will be playing that for you shortly. But a uh, couple of things. One, Islanders general manager Lou Lamarillo tells Newsday that the Islanders are still hopeful that the new arena by Belmont Park will be completed in time for the opening of the 21-22 season. The construction has been shut down because of the coronavirus. Governor Andrew Cuomo issued an order temporarily shutting down non-essential construction projects. But the Islanders remain optimistic, Sean. And boy, I... I you know, I still love going to games at, Col- at the Coliseum. You know, it's one of those old barns that, you know, was renovated, but it's got that low roof. But I'm very much looking forward to seeing them get a new arena. And I'm glad to say that, at least for now, they remain optimistic that it could be done in time. Yeah, and that's all you have now, right, until somebody tells you otherwise. And, and I think, you know, once we get the all clear and, and society comes back and the economy comes back, uh, things like that infrastructure is going to be at the forefront of it, right? The, how how can you how can you get the economy moving and how can you get people engaged again? I think construction is going to be a huge part of that. So, you know, I'm sure there's a, a, a at least a slice of the Islander fan base that would not be brokenhearted to see a few <laughs> more games at, at at the Coliseum. Um, you know, my last game there was during the playoffs last year when they beat the the Penguins in, in four straight that first round series. 
for me, if that's the way it ends, I'm perfectly fine with that being my last two games at the at the Coliseum because that was complete mayhem. I mean, it's a great barn. It really is. And they've renovated it to make it look very nice. Uh, the concourses are still small. The arena still doesn't seat uh, to capacity of what you want an NHL arena to seat. It doesn't have the same bells and whistles as obviously all these new ones and the new one that their new one will have. But it, there's very few places that you feel the sound reverberating off of the roof of the ceiling, and you feel that at Nassau Coliseum. It's a great place to watch a game. It really, and you're right. I don't think Islander fans would be all that banged up about it if, you know, at least a fraction of them don't be that banged up about it if they continue to get to go to the Coliseum. Yeah, look, we can talk about all the things it doesn't have, but the one thing it does have, and it's it's getting more and more rare in the NHL these days, is home ice advantage. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, one hundred percent. It's so true. The other thing uh, we just saw it: Seth Jones, Columbus Blue Jackets defenseman, who fractured his ankle on February eighth. He's allowed to skate at the team facilities because the injury occurred prior to the season going on pause. He put out a little video of him stepping on the ice for the first time. I believe it was on Sunday. So it's another one of those things that if if we are able to come back, you're seeing all these injured guys who were out for a while. They're going to get healthy. Seth Jones is one of them. He's back skating for the first time on Sunday. So the Blue Jackets fans, another reason for optimism there. Yeah, I I can't even tell you how big the smile was when I saw that picture of him just about to step on the ice, just to see ice in an ice rink and to know how happy that must have made him and and how much everybody else, you know, is dying to do that. But that's the thing, right? When we get back and we're going to talk to to Ryan a little bit about this, when we talk to him, you know, Vladimir Tarasenko is going to be closer to coming back. Uh, Paul Maurice did a conference call today with a bunch of uh, the Winnipeg uh, writers, and he talked about how healthy his team is getting and how he's dying for the playoffs to happen. Um, selfishly because he wants to know what his team's like as a healthy team. They were coming on as the season ended and they were starting to get healthy and, and he believes he has a really good team if it's healthy and, and that was starting to happen. So I think you're going to see, if we get to that point, you're going to see a lot of players and a lot of teams that weren't doing well physically all of a sudden are re-energized and, and have all hands on deck. So uh, great for Seth. Hopefully it keeps going and, and, you know, Columbus will certainly, you know, need that if, if we come back and we play those final regular season games. Yeah. And they're right on the bubble too there. So we'll see how that goes, but let's, that's it for, let I think they've heard enough from us, Sean. Let's get to the main event, the interview that we have conducted with St. Louis Blues center, Ryan O'Reilly. Here's that interview. Ryan, man, thank you so much for joining us. Got to ask you, you're working out. Uh, we see a video of you working out with your son, Jameson, in his diaper. And he's doing <laughs> the same core workout as you. How you doing? And how's Jameson doing? <laughs> he's doing great. Uh, yeah, we're doing good. We're obviously trying to make the best of this, uh, you know, these scary times right now. But, um, yeah, it's kind of nice. And St. Louis got, got a bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of a backyard. So I'm able to do some uh, little workouts and stay somewhat in shape. Um, obviously, miss being on the ice. But, um yeah, we're doing the best we can. Is that the most difficult thing is kind of trying to find a routine and, and the motivation to stay in shape without knowing when you're going to need to be ready for? Yeah, like, yeah, there's so much uncertainty that uh, it's definitely, yeah, difficult. But, you know, at least it's, you know, I think from our, our situation now, like I said, having a backyard and stuff, some people don't really have that. So there's uh, there's a lot we can do. And it's great to spend some time with my little guy and, and help out, especially with my wife being pregnant too. So there's a lot of things that, definitely help out but uh yeah it is uh, it is weird you can't really time kind of you know we have no idea yet when 
things will be back if they'll be back or not. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely difficult. You know, you mentioned your wife being pregnant right before we started recording the call. You said she's due with uh, on May fifteenth. So, yeah. how's that going? How's she feeling through all this? Is you know, I mean, it's a scary time, but you know, also a very exciting time for you guys. Yeah, I think uh, you know it's nice. She likes having me home. <laughs> Obviously, maybe a little too much now, but uh, you know, you know, she likes helping out, and she can relax a bit more, which is nice. But uh, yeah, we're kind of obviously a little nervous. Um, yeah, with everything going on in the hospitals and such. Uh, yeah, it's a nervous time for uh, yeah, we're not knowing what's going to happen and such. But uh, you know, we're just taking it day by day. You know, we're enjoying the time we have uh, three and sooner than before. And yeah, we're excited for it. You mentioned your your wife and, and you being home. It's completely different this time of year for you to be home. As a matter of fact, as we're taping this, you would be getting ready to start the playoffs later this week and, and be gone for long swaths of time. Do you have to change anything at all as, as you guys try and figure out your new normal? Yeah, obviously there's kind of, you know, there's a lot of things that do change. It is very weird, you know, kind of part of the season we are when, when it stopped, how we're kind of just gearing up for playoffs. So, you know, we're coming to the final stretch, trying to fight for our, like the best seating possible, and then this kind of happens. And, yeah, it's a complete step back, and then we have no idea. So it's, you know, a lot of things change, but you know, again, there, there's more important issues at hand, and you know, people being safe and getting over this virus, you know, as you know, a nation, and getting back to, you know, having some normalcy and such. So it's there's. You know, there's obviously worse situations could be in for, for myself, and we're just trying to, to wait this out and be as safe as possible can. Take us back, Ryan, to some happier times. A year ago, you guys are getting ready to start the playoffs, start that first round series against the Jets. Do you remember what you guys were thinking? And, and, you know, as you were going into that. Yeah, um, well, it was a very exciting time, especially with the way we kind of finished. Obviously, I think it was, as I remember, January, early January, we're sitting in last place, and next thing you know, things just started to click, and then we're playing our best hockey. We're, you know, we, we have an 11-game winning streak in the second half of the season. You know, we're playing these good teams. We're beating them, and, you know, we're still not in, you know, we have a chance to maybe win the division, but you know, we know that any team we're going to face, we're going to have, we have a chance, you know, we're coming in hot. And so just as a group, we were all excited and we had Winnipeg obviously for the matchup. And yeah, it was just, I know for myself, it was so excited to finally be back playing playoff hockey and just our group. We just were confident, you know, we got dinner. We knew we were to have a chance to, to win this first round and, and who knows from there. So just as a group, we were just so excited and, and couldn't wait to kind of get started. Now, anybody, once you get in, anybody can say, uh, hey, we're going to make it to, you know, the final or we're going to do this. But I got to give you credit. We spoke at the All-Star game that year, and you said in January, you said this is a team that's going to make the playoffs when you were in last place. What gave you that confidence? You know, you, you saw the beginning of the year was obviously very difficult. And the thing that you noticed from that, though, is there were games where you could see when things kind of clicked for us and you saw how well we played together that you knew that, you know, just the staples of our game. We were hard to play against, and we did things the right way. We frustrated teams, and just like that consistency wasn't there at the start of the year. We were kind of, we were all trying to kind of figure each other out, and it just it took a while. But once you kind of, it started to roll together. We started throwing five, six games together like that. You could just feel like we were dangerous. You know that you know we were tough on teams. We, you know, we there was never an easy game that we gave teams and. 
that was just something that we knew we were going to get in. And then, you know, getting the playoffs, we, you know, there was just a belief that, you know what, you know, we can give everyone, everyone a run. And, and obviously one of the most difficult things, it's, it's crazy how long playoff goes and how many actually great bounces you have to get in order to win. But, you know, just that belief was there and you had a group that, you know, when guys were disciplined when it came down to doing the right things at the right time, you know, everyone put their own kind of needs aside and, and did them. And that's why I think we did get a lot of those, you know, fortunate bounces and, and, get ourselves in that position we wanted to be in that belief ryan doesn't always carry over to the next season especially after you win i mean you believe you're a good team but then you look at that 82 game schedule you're like man we got to go through that again right but you guys have had it all year and you're in first place as you know entering the pause you're in first place playing good hockey at 180 your last 10 how have you guys been able to carry over that belief and and play that way like you were champions all season yeah, it's it, it's a pretty a pretty sad thing that first game when you put the cup back in the case and it's it's gone. You know, you're, <laughs> it's a sad time. Even like in the summer, that the last day you have it, it's it's a sad time. You know, you feel like you should have it for longer. And and I think that was kind of a you know once that happens, it's you know your focus shifts and it's okay. Like let's let's go learn this thing again. And I felt everyone on our team came back with the hunger and that you know let's go do this again and let's maybe make it a bit easier on ourselves and start the season on time and start winning some <laughs> games a little earlier but uh you know i just we, we had an identity i think you know our, our coaching staff did an excellent job but kind of right from the get-go you know managing us not overdoing it or you know our workloads and such keeping us fresh and hungry and and just keep uh, keeping us going game by game and again we we know that it's you know we're gonna have to you know, when it does come back, hopefully it does come back, you know, we're going to have to win it a different way. It's it's not going to be the same thing as last year, but it's a challenge that all the guys know that we're excited for. When you think about it coming back, when you think about hockey coming back and, and things returning somewhat to normal, and you've had some time now to, to, to be away from the game that you wouldn't normally have, what do you miss the most and what are you most looking forward to? Um, Oh, it's a bunch of things. You know, it's, it's, it's so nice to being around the guys coming to the rink and, you know, game day, you know, game days are the best. You know, you, you wake up, you come in, you have a nice meal at the rink and you have a little skate, a couple meetings and you go, you go eat again. And then you, you nap, you wake up, you're back to the rink. Like it's just the ultimate, the ultimate day, you know, you get paid to eat, nap, and then play hockey at night. So it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's a pretty, it, it's, it's fun, you know, and just going to that, having that competitiveness, you know, playing the game, especially when you're on a good team, that you know you're going to have a chance to win every night. Just that excitement of going together with the guys and, and playing the games are, you know, you, you just can't beat that. So it's, especially at this time of year when you're playing that meaningful hockey and, you know, with playoffs around the door, it's it, right around the corner. It's, it's just, it, it's a fun time that uh, it's definitely nice to take a break from everything that's kind of going now and think about that, that when it does come back or hopefully does come back, that it's going to be uh, some exciting hockey. It's the camaraderie, right? The brotherhood of the team. I mean, that's what you guys love so much. So how are you keeping in touch with everybody? What's the, what are the blues, you know, doing it to keep in touch with everybody right now? Um, it's been pretty good. Uh, yeah, obviously we're a good group, but we got a few guys that went home to, you know, Canada, different places, but, uh, we still have quite a few guys that are here and, uh, you know, a lot of us have been playing uh, some video games online together, which has been uh, fun to kind of, catch up and, and stay competitive. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously on FaceTime with guys and just text back and forth. You can kind of tell everyone's, 
You know, I think our wives too are kind of hoping we get back together soon. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got to tell you, your your game day story sounded a lot like Jameson's days without the hockey game. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> eating and napping. It is. It's uh, you know, it's, it's the the best days in the world. Game days. You just you know, you get a little workout. You know, it's kind of you bear down for a bit in the meetings, and then yeah, you have a big meal and. Then you go lie down, take a nap. Like you can't, can't really beat that. It's 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 crazy that we get paid to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you obviously you don't have it. Nobody has that now. So, but you are. I know you're a guitar player. You've written a song. I mean, you writing? Yeah. You playing? Got anything new? Um, I've been writing a lot of kids songs now because my little guy. I've got to entertain him. <laughs> so it's it's pretty funny. Yeah, like I yeah I miss playing the kind of more deeper. Kind of singer songwriter folky stuff that I usually like to play and and mess around with, but uh, yeah, with my little guy now, I kind of I have to keep him entertained, so so he kind of stays busy. So I'm I'm create songs like Pizza Party and and you know Wash Your Hands and all these kind of little fun things that I'm messing around with, but uh, definitely keep <laughs> me busy for sure. Is there is there a musician uh, hockey player fraternity as you kind of watch? everybody try and find out what they're going to do while with all this downtime there's until you find out a ton of guys especially the guitar play the guitar mike mckenna was on earlier today playing some riffs and doing some stuff i know a lot of other guys play when, when you go around the league do you do you search out other musicians and talk a bit about music and, and what you guys are doing yeah it's pretty cool uh, yeah absolutely especially you know like in uh you know when i go to like world championships and i've done that before getting to meet guys that you don't really know and you figure out how, like, or see how many other guys are playing instruments and, and stuff like that. It's pretty cool to kind of talk about that and kind of see where guys come from. You know, you got your guys country, you get rock guys, and you got, you know, all, all sorts of different guys um, that are into different music. It's always nice to kind of chat and see what guys are into. And, and uh, yeah, I think as a hockey, like, as a hockey players, especially when you're young and in the NHL, you do have a lot of downtime that a lot of guys have picked up guitar and, and learning it. I know, uh, I think Bennington, I've, I got to check in on him, but he messaged me that he might try to get into to playing guitar or piano or something like that. So curious to see how that's going. Is the guitar for you the quarantine essential item you must have? What, what's your essential item and your non-essential items? Like, what do you absolutely must have and you can do without? One other thing you can do without. That's tough. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think guitar is, is a big one. Just like sitting on the couch or spending a little time, it's just I know it keeps me busy. It keeps kind of, it keeps me kind of in like, um, I don't know how to kind of just internal, you know, when you sit down, you kind of play a melody or something like that. It kind of provokes something in you that I know you can kind of get lost in it very quickly. So it's, it's very creative too. So like, it's just, I find it very therapeutic for myself when I can sit down and play or, or play a song that, uh, you know, or a song you're trying to work on, you know, play someone else's it's just, you can kind of get really lost in it. It's definitely something that uh, keeps me sane for sure. Um, I would say the non-essential one is probably the video games. I think uh, I get a little too uh, maybe competitive on them and aggressive. And if I lose, I come up and I'm not too happy. And my my wife doesn't like that, so it's kind of something that I feel <laughs> she I think she would like to see that uh, gone, but. Uh, you know, I know for myself, it would probably uh, help that out and keep me a little bit uh, more normal, for sure. So what's, what's your game of choice, and who is your biggest rival? 
Uh, I'm playing uh, Call of Duty. I'm playing Warzone right now. And uh, so, like, how you play is like it's it's three. Uh, you're with three guys, and you drop in. It's kind of like a Fortnite style. And um, yeah, so you play. You don't really have like a rival, but uh, you know, I played. Uh, you know, Bozak's really good. I play with him. So I kind of always, you know, I want to make sure I'm, I'm playing better than him and having a higher score. Even though we're on the same team, you want to win. But it's always nice when I've got uh, a few more kills than he does. Is it harder for you to overcome a loss in video games or a loss on the ice? I mean, you say you come upstairs and you're you're steaming. What's What do you like when you come home from a game when you don't win? Um, I think I, I think it's. You know, video games, it's, it's very immediate. I'm just walking up the stairs, so, like, the tensions yeah. are still pretty high. <laughs> if I'm winning, it's good. So I find, like, there's that leg after a game where you kind of, whether you do, you know, you take a little bit more time before you kind of interact with people and uh, my family and such. So I have that time to kind of, like, okay, let's calm down here. You know, I got to go be, you know, a dad right now, and and, and uh, yeah, I can't be snapping or anything like that. So it kind of, yeah, it helps that way. <laughs> The one thing, you know, as you go through all of this, social media plays such a big part of it. You have so much free time. I think most everybody, and I would assume you to a degree, spends more time on social media than you have in the past. And a lot of it's been very positive players pitching in and doing different things and the TikToks and everything. I'm curious, is there anything that's really caught your eye amongst uh, the NHL brethren that has made you smile or shake your head a little bit? Um, I, I'm not really on any social media. Like I have like, um, a little Twitter that I kind of use for like news and such and see the odd thing. So I haven't, I haven't seen a ton, but I, um, when I do see like the, you know, on apps like the score and the NHL and stuff, you see other guys like just donating and helping out, um, you know, all over, like you hear guys doing stories of, you know, all, all around the league, helping out with their communities. And it, it just, it's nice to see, you know, these guys just, you know, taking care of, you know, the situations they're in and the people around them. It just, uh, I think just shows a lot in hockey. There's a lot of good, good guys that, you know, are responsible for other people and helping out. It's just, uh, it's amazing to see that. And yeah, that's, uh, that's obviously caught my eye when, uh, when you see, you hear these stories that keep coming up. I feel every day there's another one and just, it's awesome to see, uh, yeah, the hockey guys helping out. It is. It's great stuff to see all of that stuff. The, the fans are weighing in right now, too, trying to keep them engaged in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I don't know if you've seen it the, the, on NHL.com, the greatest moment of the season so far. It's like a field of 64. It's a very personal thing. What stands out to you? What's your best moment of the season so far? Is it the All-Star raising the banner, the ovation that Jay Bomeister got? I mean, what is it for you? That's tough. Uh, the All-Star game was... Uh... I wouldn't say it was a highlight. Uh, me, Perron, uh, not, are not great skaters, and we got the Dreisaitl McDavid mashup, so I was a little <laughs> bit mad at Chief, at Chief for that. So we kind of, uh, yeah, we didn't really, we weren't too effective in that game. So I, I can't say that was a highlight, but though <laughs> um, no, I, uh, it, it was, you know, I think obviously happened re- recently with 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 J Bo with kind of going that through that whole situation and you know, one of the scariest things I've ever been a part of and just the fear in us as a group and to see him pull through, um, um, you know, that standing ovation, um, seeing him at the game and, and seeing the fans react to and giving them yeah, the standing ovation, that really stands out in my mind. That was a pretty special moment. We were, there was so much uncertainty there for a while and we were so scared and see him back and see him be himself and at the game was, uh, I think, for 
players and fans. It was it was a pretty special moment. That uh, yeah, I'll never forget that. Have you had the opportunity to speak to him a lot since uh, since this has all started and and where he's at now? Uh, I haven't talked to him in a little bit. No, he uh, you know I'm sure he's he's busy. He's he's probably building something. You know, he's just a jack of all trades. That guy. Uh, but he's it was really nice. Uh, you know, at the, just when we're back during the season there. You know, when he would come to the rink in the morning and get to see him and chat with him a bit. Uh, you know, and kind of have that. You know, it was just it was just great to see him and and see him and he looked great as well. It was really nice. But uh, I haven't talked to him in a little bit. But uh, you know, I'm sure he's doing well with his family and staying safe. Wanted to ask you a, a more serious question on the playoff format. Should there be one? Right. I mean, when we when we hopefully come back and we get to play a playoffs, whenever that may be, what do you think? I mean, you can play commissioner here. What, what do you think could happen here? And, and, a, and a second part to that question is, I mean, do you think you absolutely have to have a full playoffs, full four rounds, all best of seven to award the Stanley Cup traditionally? Or can you do it in a different way and still award the Stanley Cup? Um, well, I, I know you can do this in a different way, but if it was up to me, you know, I think we really have to, you know, I, I just from my time being in in the league and you know other guys that I've talked to on the team, like we really need to, I think, protect the integrity of the Stanley Cup and know how like it's just it's a whole other season in its own. So for myself, I you know, I think it's got to be a full, you know, seven like best yeah. out of seven for for four rounds for sure. I think you know it'll be interesting to see how. They they make that season four how you can condense it to kind of still give the teams that are fight for that wild card a chance, but you know yeah, yeah I think you have to have the full thing. Um, it's just it's yeah it, it'll be tough and obviously I don't have all the answers, but I just I feel it really protects the integrity of the Stanley Cup years. It's it is extremely difficult and you know I you know having a to win for to beat the team four times is not an easy thing to do, and I just feel like we need to we need to have that. And as far as coming back, you're a player and you probably, everybody's throwing out all kinds of scenarios and everything else. You're a player, you know, your body and the body of other professional athletes as they get ready. What do you think that time frame is to get ready from the day they say, we're going to play again, whether it be regular season or whether it goes straight into playoffs? What do you think is a legitimate window for, for the players to be ready? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's going to be like, a week, like I know for myself right now, I, I feel I feel great. I know I, you know a week of good skating, getting back and, and jumping into it would, you know, would be tough. I think there's no easy way it's get like it's gonna happen, but like at least a good week of skating and having the contact and just getting kind of just the hips and all that back in line ready will definitely it'll be tough. But yeah, a week or so would be, you know, I think the minimum. I mean, we're all we know. You know, we're speculating here, but uh, yeah, you know, in that week, I mean, how hard can you go in a week to lead up to the playoffs? You know how hard the playoffs are. You know, I mean, yeah. so is it is it almost? I mean, you, it's a week, but then you almost you could almost envision maybe an even slower start to the playoffs, or do you think you jump right into it when the if it goes right to the playoffs? Yeah, like I, you know, I think there would have to be kind of like a little bit of a slower start there, just because it's. <laughs> Yeah, playoffs is a whole different different ball game. But you know, either way, it's it's going to be unique for everyone. It's going to be very different. That you know, it's good that everyone's going to be going through the exact same thing. So it's just another test of of that. But um, yeah, I think it would have to kind of that first round or so would have to kind of be a little bit more spaced out, just to kind of 
get the field back as best you can, you know. So you guys won the cup. You're one of the best teams in the league this year. And if we get to play again this year and do the playoffs, you get Vladimir Tarasenko back possibly, who you haven't had all year. How awesome of a thought is that? To get him back is quite the acquisition that uh, definitely gives us a lot more firepower. And, you know, it's just a huge part of our team that, you know, gives us another threat and another even a better chance to win again. So we heard... And the entire Blues team is going to be doing a Zoom chat this week on Wednesday. The whole team. You're part of this. Mm-hmm. What do you think that's going to be like? Um, <laughs> uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think it'll be good, though. It'll be kind of cool. It's kind of, it'll be nice to see everyone's face for sure. And, uh, yeah, just have a quick check-in. I don't know exactly what topics are going to be about uh, or be discussing but uh yeah i think it'd be nice it'd be nice just to kind of see everyone's faces obviously guys i haven't talked to at all so it's uh yeah it'll be nice to catch up for sure have you guys tried anything close to that like multiple guys trying to get together in a google hangout or whatever uh i know we've had a few i and i've had a couple group facetimes but nothing uh, you know nothing on big numbers wise so i'm sure this will be kind of the nice uh yeah a nice time for it well, we'll be looking forward to seeing that and then hopefully one day soon seeing you guys back on the ice and some playoff hockey. Definitely looking forward to it. Ryan, thanks so much for jumping on with us today, Today, all right? Yeah, no problem, guys. Stay safe. Thanks for having me. Great stuff there from Ryan O'Reilly. Definitely thank him for jumping on with us. And, Sean, I thought uh, what he said about the integrity of the Stanley Cup was very interesting, and I agree with him 100%. Where are you lie on that? Whatever we want to do as a, as a league and as a sport, you you want the Stanley Cup to be what it's always been. You know, I I thought Ryan earlier before he even said that when he was talking about what the Blues did and and it was really kind of his first run. He's like, you don't realize how long it is, how hard it is, and anytime you talk to a Stanley Cup champion, like that's the first thing they talk about is you know, four seven-game series, everything that has to happen, two months of just, you know, trying to avoid disaster and trying to take advantage of your opportunities and getting a little luck along the way. Like, that's what's defined every champion that's ever ha- ever been involved in the sport. And, and so I think, you know, if there's any possibility of having, you know, the same exact Stanley Cup playoffs that, that we've always had, that's what everybody's going to lean to. I don't even know that that would be a discussion. If it's possible, that's what's going to happen, I would think. What the Blues went through, what the Capitals the year before, what any team that, you know, you could just pops in your head who's won the Stanley Cup has gone through, especially in the four-round uh, format of the Stanley Cup playoffs, you know, you, you don't, you can't, you look at them in one way. If, if a team were to go through a different type of format and it wasn't as grueling and it wasn't as hard, how can they be looked at in the same way as the Blues, as the Capitals, as the Penguins in those back-to-back years? You know, h- how can they be looked at in the same, you know, same light? How do they earn their name on that trophy that everybody so loves and so wants in hockey? I, I don't see how you can do that. That's why... I agree with them 100%. You have the integrity of the Stanley Cup. It, the, it has that integrity because everybody has had to go through that whole grind to get their name on it, at least in, you know, in, the, in modern day uh, with, with, you know, with the number of teams you know, once the playoffs were expanded. Everybody has had to go through that. You can't change that now. And, and I would imagine that anybody in the league would say the same thing because they want to they go through it the right way. 
Well, I got to disagree with you a little bit there. I, I think if it, if it can't happen, I think that's the goal for everybody. But if you then have to change it and you have to make the first round a best out of five or whatever it might be, I don't know that that takes away from it. We've had all those scenarios in the past. You know, when it was the Patrick division, they were best of five series. They were best of three series, right? Like, so those are champions. We've had teams be champions that only played 40, 42 regular season games, 48 regular season games, you know, Sometimes things change, but if everybody's playing in the same system, you know, you want it to be that 16 wins, four best of seven series. But if it's not, I I don't know if somebody has to win three games and then four games and four games and four games or or three and three and then four and four. They won't to me, they won't be any less of a champion than the St. Louis Blues were last year. I don't know that they will be a less of a champion. I just think it has a little bit of an asterisk attached to it and. Look, I mean, I think we both... Not in my record book, Dan. Not in my record book. (laughs) The Rourke record book. Uh, Well, the Rosen record book would have one attached to it. I mean, look, we all don't want to see that. We want to see a full playoffs, a full four rounds, best of seven in each round, have that grind and and have it all done that way. So let's let's hope that that is what we do get. Uh, If we can move on from our little debate, President Trump had the uh, commissioners on of all the major pro sports league on a conference call. I believe it was Saturday. He said he wants to get sports back, and it led to some reports coming out over the weekend. Sportsnet had it that the NHL and in the NHLPA are apparently doing some discussions, just preliminary, nothing formal or really about if they're going to come back at some point. Do you need to go to neutral sites? And there's certainly you know, the possibility of that. And Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet floated one that uh, could be the University of North Dakota as a, uh, re- as, a, as a site out there because the facility is strong. It's held the World Juniors. It's held uh, World Under-18s. It's obviously the, the, the Fighting Hawks from North Dakota play there. So if you have to go to neutral sites because you're in too much of a hot spot or whatever it may be, the, leagues are talk- the league is talking about that with the PA. It's just I think it really just shows you that they're – continuing the conversation and nobody's sitting idly by they're just continuing to come up with ideas and one of them hopefully gets an opportunity to stick yeah and look everything's got to be on the table like we've talked about we want to do this the league wants to finish they they want to award a championship so i i don't think you know you can be locked in tradition you can you know say it's this way or no way you know we need to play games at home. Everybody wants to do that. Again, going back to Paul Maurice's call today, you know, he was like the fans in Winnipeg, you know, we understand we want home games. We want to do this in front of you guys. Um, there's nothing more magical than, than a home playoff night. Um, but uh, there may have to be other options. And look, the NHL's not the only one doing this. They're not the only one in this boat. Like Augusta's moved its championship till November. Augusta in the spring is iconic. Augusta in November, I don't know if that's iconic. <laughs> the NBA has talked about, you know, having their whole tournament in Vegas. Um, baseball's talked a little bit about, you know, using spring training sites to play regular season games to cut down on travel and keep teams, you know, in their complexes. So I, I, I think you would be doing a disservice to your sport and to your fans and to your players if you weren't, you know, investigating every opportunity and coming up with what may not be traditional thoughts about how to do things because necessity, as they say, is the mother of invention and, and let's be inventive. Everything should be on the table. You got to have some creative minds out there. And we do thinking about all these things and that should do it for us. 
for this week. Uh, really good one. I'm so happy we were able to catch up with Ryan O'Reilly. And Sean, I hope you guys continue to stay safe. You as well. And and look, before we go, we'd be remiss not to not to have a shout out to all the people on the front lines, you know, fighting the coronavirus and and trying to keep society as whole as possible in, in the face of this pandemic. We talked about some of them on this broadcast, uh, but there's so many more heroes. We talk about heroes all the time, you know, in our business and 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 in athletes. And, and they are especially to young kids. Hockey players are heroes, as are other athletes. But the real heroes are in our hospitals and, and you know, doing all the other vital business that needs to be done while the rest of us stay home and try and stay safe so you know a, a shout out to all of those people um as they go through their days and and hopefully a few of them listen to this and it's a good hour's distraction from from some of the nightmares they've had to endure so everybody be safe until we talk to you again soon 100 percent, sean i echo everything you said right there and until next time everybody stay safe and we'll talk to you soon